So he had confirmation from Mahaprabhu. Write a separate drama. So he was writing these dramas in Puri. He had written some to some extent, and he's now altering his thinking about it. Mahaprabhu came again. He saw some of his writing, his Nandi Slok, introductory slok. Oh, he liked it very much. Brought the other associates, introduced them to Rupa Goswami, introduced Rupa Goswami to them, recited the slok, had him recite the slok and several other slokes. And uh, they were very charmed and pleased by the poet, poet, poetry of Rupa Goswami. He was a great poet. In fact, of the 64 principal associates of Mahaprabhu, I once uh, did a study and uh, I think whereas 54 of them were poets and involved in the arts and music and so forth. You know, these kind of people tend to be a little revolutionary in, in their thinking. <laughs> and many cultured people, uh, even from a material point of view, um, amongst his associates. So they were poets, many of them, kavis. Rupa Goswami cited different shlokas, and at the uh, Mahaprabhu, I wanted to test Rupa, Rupa, uh, Rai Ramananda, Surup Damadar. Previously, he, he, he tested Balaba in Prayag in relation to Rupa Goswami. In a different way, he tested Surup Damadar and Rai Ramananda in their appreciation of Rupa Goswami. Rai Ramananda began to ask uh, about his poetry then, and Rupa Goswami cited one verse another. Hmm? What is the Nandi Shlok? What is the Shlok of uh, where you glorify the, your, your deity? This verse. That, and so many different uh, elements of um, poetic, uh, dramatic structure and so forth. He was well versed in this. He had also was a, a kavi. He had written Jagannath Balabhanataka and so forth. The Rupa Goswami recited verse at the verse and very much pleased Ramananda Rai. When it was all over, what did Mahaprabhu say? Kovitvad minu nahe rasera prachar. Here he's saying, uh, I'm not interested in poetry. And there he's saying, without being a poet, you cannot uh, preach about rasa. Rasera prachar, kovitva minunahe. So some familiarity with these things may be useful to us. Rupa Goswami used these things to explain the uh, sacred experience of, of Rasananda. At the same time, Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, I believe I said something to the effect that what is it? That from mundane poetry, secular Rasa Shastra, you can only get one Rasa. Mm, what is it called? Vibhatsa. Discussed. He's talking about material life in general. You can only get this. The ultimate experience is it, it's repulsive, material existence. No matter how you mix it up. No matter how, it's how, how sophisticated the way you, you mix it up. But if that poetic structure is used to describe Krishna, that is another thing then. We should have interest in that. These are the marginal characteristics then. Nadanam, Najanam, Nasundurim, Kavita. And 
The Surupakshana Ruchi Bhakti is what? Mama Janmani Janmani Ishware Bhavatad Bhakti Rahay Tukitai. It is uh, a taste for and some attachment for bhakti. Mahaprabhu says, Ahay Tuki Bhakti. I want this. I don't care. Life after life. I'm not concerned about uh, liberation. He says it directly there. But Ahaituki Bhakti, I only want this, unalloyed devotion. So Ruchi Bhakti means, uh, in its Rupalakshan, principal characteristic is attachment to, to Bhakti. It will thicken and become attachment to the object of Bhakti in Asakti, and that is coming in the next verse. So here we find the stage in our devotional practice where, as I said, the heart begins to rule. The heart is coming out. In this stage, appetite is coming. Previously, it was medicine. We took it because it made sense to us. It was intelligent. So such a glorious thing, so easy, such an opportunity. I cannot be a fool and not take advantage of it. Still, I cannot take advantage of it. There are obstacles. Mahaprabhu has shown, well, what to do then? Humble yourself and proceed. What does Upadesh Amrita say? Nischayad. Utsahan nischayad darjat. This is the Nishta Bhakti. Now combine that. What does he say later? Syat Krishna Nama Charitadi. Sutapti Abhidya. And chant about Krishna. Krishna Nam, Krishna Charitadi, his character. Activities, Leela. Discuss about these things. Recite Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th canto, again and again and again and again. We are devotees of Krishna. We should know where he was born, when he was born, when he did this, when he did that. All this is, from the, in the terms of, terms of the Prakata manifestly, this is all given in Srimad Bhagavatam. And with the helpful, if not essential, commentaries of our uh, Purva Charges, we should know all the details hmm, about the life of the person whom we love, to whom we are devoted. So spend your time with confidence and patience. He says, Svadvikramad um, Bhavati. Do this. Adharad, Anudiman. Constantly with great respect. Rupa Goswami says, constantly hmm, and with great respect, this is nishta. Chant, even though you have no taste. It's medicine. You're convinced with your intellect. I should do this. And you've done it with a humble state of mind. And so, so some, still no appetite, but the, uh, the pain of the disease of ignorance is going away. So I'm feeling some negative kind of result. I have no appetite. I'm not healthy. I don't see it as food yet. I'm not living on this, Krishnanam. But the primary uh, cause of my disturbance, I see it as receding, is going away. I'm finding encouragement. And I'm never turning back from this. Nishta. I'm fixed in this. Even if some wave should come from the past, 
in my mind to take me. I'm going to go there. Hmm? With my intelligence, I remain fixed. And now coming to Ruchi Bhakti, two stages. In the beginning stage, a little appetite. So if it's done nicely, this hearing and chanting about Krishna, but taste will be there. If it's not done nicely, if the talk is not done uh, with, uh, uh, in a good style, uh, with good logic and poetic embellishments and so forth, then I not find it so attractive. But in the advanced stage of Ruchi, then, any form of Krishna hmm, I find attractive, tasteful. And now, uh, this is now the not only have the um, primary uh, symptoms, the problems of the disease of ignorance receded to the background. Hmm, practically, they're gone. Hunger is coming. Hmm. Medicine has become food now. I'm living on this. Now, intelligence which previously guided me, that is receding, and the heart is guiding me now. I come up with a new kind of intelligence. It's sometimes kind of funny, and but uh, <laughs> and everyone will not accept it. But uh, it can come up with a logic, hmm? always to support his or her position against any opposition. Find a way, anyway. Uh, come up with some reasoning. Here, intelligence is now following the heart. Hmm? Previous to that, heart is trying to follow what makes sense. Otherwise, it's attracted in another place where, where that makes no sense. Rupa Goswami is giving some progression here. We are uh, largely here in uh, Bhakti Vinod Podivar, followers of Bhakti Vinod. So uh, every group has a little different take on some on these things, interpretation and so forth. Let, let there be room for many understandings and let everything be judged by the fruit. And we hope fruit will come everywhere, in every sect, which pledges allegiance to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and following in uh, light of his, his teaching and emphasis, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, they like to speak about Vaidhi Bhakti giving rise to Rag Bhakti. But to understand that properly, we have to study the teaching very closely. What they're saying is, not that Vaidhi Bhakti gives Rag Bhakti, but Rag Bhakti without Ruchi, Ajato Ruchi, Raganuga Bhakti. It is almost, almost meaningless, or let us say it is generous. It is generous to uh, that uh, devotees who have real feeling for the Braj Lila kindly include us in their group as followers because we have, as a result of their company, some interest in that also. As a result of their company, we have become interested in our head and, of course, a little bit in our heart. But it's mostly in our head. And what motivates us to pursue that path is the logic of Rag Bhakti. Somewhat the charm, no doubt, but largely the logic and what scripture says about it and what is Vaidhi Bhakti motivated by. Good reasoning as to the virtues of Bhakti and scriptural injunctions uh, in support of this. This is motivating 
factor. So that rag bhakti that is without taste, they called bhaiti bhakti because it was more, in their estimation, analogous to bhaiti bhakti in the context of rag bhakti. So this is their particular way of talking about it. They said, while, for example, Jiva Goswami uh, calls it ajata ruchi raganuga bhakti, mostly we don't find that term used by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur at all, and hardly uh, by Bhakti Vinod. Careful study shows they, they call it Vaiti Bhakti. They don't mean Vaiti Bhakti going to Vaikuntha. Practice of that will never give you, give rise to Rag Bhakti. That is a whole different motive. But if by good company, good association, we have some ambition, some desire, some eagerness for Braj Bhakti, and that's why we are all here, we have interest in that. Radha Govinda, Vrindavan Leela. So, as a result of that good company, we have some interest. So, generously, those people call us also Raganuga Bhaktas. It's not that Bhakti Siddhanta was not generous <laughs> in not calling us Raganuga Bhaktas, but he tried to mm, uh, emphasize that really rag is about rag bhakti is about feeling hmm? it's about love it's not about intellect vairi bhakti by contrast even the uh, traditional sense of vairi bhakti brings you by kunta is much more about intellect and rag bhakti about the heart so bhakti siddhanta sarasvati tankur saw fit at his, during his time to preach in such a way as to emphasize that rag bhakti really has its beginning when feeling comes. So in his commentary on Upadeshamrita, instructions of uh, Rupa Goswami, some of which we've, we've cited, he explains to us that without taste, because of being afflicted by ignorance, if nonetheless we go on with uh, this uh, hearing and chanting about Krishna, this ignorance will recede, the taste will come. Step by step it will come. So from Nishta Bhakti we come to Raga Bhakti, uh, 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 Ruchi Bhakti. And then Tishte, what is it? Tishte, Braje, Tang. Hmm. Then live in Vrindavan, in your heart, live in Vrindavan, worship Radha Govinda. This really becomes wholly possible in a, in a, in a substantial way at this time and progresses in Asakti. Hmm. Bhava Bhakti is the real f- uh, field of this culture proper, so to speak. So we should be interested in that now, in our present condition, theoretically. And according to our particular lineage guidance, we should approach that. Rupa Goswami has said, what? If by you don't have any feeling for this, you are ajaturuchi. But by good company, nonetheless, you become interested in that. Then follow it as best you can, according to what, what, is, what you're capable of. 
This is what Bhaktivinoda Thakur was talking about too when he quotes Bhagavatam. Sve Sve Adhikaras, what is that? According to, um, acting according to one's eligibility is real beauty. So as we become, as the heart comes out proportionately, then we can uh, incorporate everything that's in, involved in um, ragabhakti, our ideal. Everything will come into place. Begin now according to your capacity and uh, everything in time. This way Mahabharata has described the principal and marginal characteristics of Ruchi Bhakti. Any question? Yes. Many of these things, like what you spoke about being humble, uh, theoretically they sound really, yeah, being a humble, but when I'm sitting with my chapa bag and I don't hear even a one mantra, what does it mean? You have to become humble. That is the whole, that's the whole yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing, I can't even hear one mantra, what to do. Uh, this is well, my, what does my, it mean, what does it well, mean to what become can humble? What do you do in that moment to be a humble? Now, what you can do, I'll tell you what I did when I was younger. I paid my pranam. After every round, I prayed my pranam, sometimes in between, in the midst of the round. Whenever I found my mind wandered, then I paid my pranam to Krishna Nam. Physically. That means if I was sitting, I got up and I paid obeisances and prayed to Krishna Nam. My mind is going somewhere else. But you are vibrating you on my tongue. So kind of make some semblance of an appearance that my mind is going somewhere. I paid my pranam. Try it. Get up. Pay obeisances. Rupagosami has shown in Namastakam. We can pray for the desire for taste. We can pray for let may have may I have a taste. That's okay. <laughs> so you have no taste, not even taste, can't even focus the mind from which taste will eventually come. That's the problem. So you try this. Bhakti Mnod gave a other practical idea. Blindfold yourself and lock the door. So somehow or other, you have to think, this is a good thing. It's come to me. I'm not taking advantage of it. I have to do something. Necessity is the mother of invention. If you understand the necessity, you will find a way. If there's a will, there's a way. And if you have good company, there will be a will. In good association, the will will come. I should get this. I should taste this. It's being offered to me. I should get it somehow or other. Beg, borrow, or steal. I think Dr. Bhakti Vinod said, get the taste of, of Krishna now. You have to think like this. Your life should center around this. In my life, my japa was always the most important thing. People thought it was selling books, but it was, <laughs> I did a lot of that too. But I used to stand before the deity and do japa of Krishna Nam, until I got inspiration. Then I would go out and talk to people about Krishna. Later it became, the whole thing became more of a marketing technique. I was never attracted to that. But hmm. <laughs> so try that. Hmm. These things sound maybe a little funny, but it works. Pay your obeisances to Krishna Nam, to your 
guru. Hmm? Given me Krishna Nam, a valuable jewel. And if he's given a Krishna mantra, valuable jewel, hmm? I cannot take advantage of it. So you pray for that. I tell you one thing, prayer works. Prayer will work. In prayer, you cannot be distracted. Try it. You can chant and be distracted. If you understand the chanting as a prayer, that's another thing. Then you'll not be distracted. But if you make a prayer, oh, my dear Krishna, then how can you think of something else while you're praying? If anything other than the prayer comes to your mind when you're in a prayerful state, what will it be? Do you know? Try it. If you think to make a prayer, what other than the prayer will come to your mind? The problem. That's what will come to your mind. <laughs> what do you need what do you need to overcome? What 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 is what is getting in your way? That will come to your mind. It's so simple, this actually this practice is so simple. To know what is the problem is not difficult. Hmm? If I don't have taste, if I'm doing all so many things, selling books and busy, 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 I have no taste to sit down and chant, then some problem is there. They say, don't just sit there, do something. In our group we say, don't just do something, sit there. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> hmm? Try that. <laughs> hmm? And if you can't just sit there, do something, but do it in such a way that you develop attraction to sit there. You have to understand, sitting there is the goal. Service in the Leela, that is something substantial. Service here is busy work. Keep us busy. My Guru Maharaj told in the beginning to his disciples, what? You please chant one lakh, 64 rounds. That's sitting for six or eight hours. Hmm? That's what he asks them to do. They said, impossible. We cannot do that. He said, then 32. They could not do that. Okay, then 16. And keep busy. It was his policy. He kept them very busy, running around in the streets and so many things, organizing so many programs and busy, busy. Now, sometimes they thought the busy is the goal, but they forgot. He first said, sit down for eight or ten hours a day and just think of Krishna and develop the capacity to do service. I invisible. Hmm? Internally. This is pleasing to Krishna. And even if we think about that service of the dear ones, Krishna Prashta, that will endear Krishna to us. If we think about, oh, how uh, um, uh, the handmaidens of Radha are attentive to her service. Krishna's friends are attentive to his service. We think about these things. That will, there's nothing more powerful that you can do to attract Krishna's attention. They are so dear to Krishna. If you think about them, if you come to like that, those are, that, uh, uh, their way of life, Krishna will be attracted to you. So this is a real service that we want. And busy work means, I'm busy because I can't. That's another thing. If you cannot chant, then under guidance, become busy. Not just wandering in, in a, on a, you know, in space with no, no way to return to the atmosphere. 
but with some uh, with leash, be busy. Then Guru can call you and say, "Now sit, let us see." <laughs> One of my godbrothers, uh, Guru Kripa Marsh, once told Prabhupada in Mayapur, he said, "Prabhupada, I want to just sit and chant here in Mayapur." And Prabhupada said, "Try it." Mm-hmm. Try it, he told him. He sat for one month, chanted hundred lakhs, hundred hundred names, hundred one lakh, uh, hundred rounds, more than one lakh. He chanted hundred rounds a day. Uh, lakh is sixty-four rounds, hundred thousand names. He chanted for one month, hundred names, and after uh, about three weeks, and found his mind started to wander. He started to get he didn't get enough sleep and he hungry. He started thinking of other things. He came to Prabhupada and said, I couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't continue. And Prabhupada said, anyway, then you go and preach. In ten years, try again, he told him. So this, this is uh, our ideal, actually. In many times we find Bhaktisattva uh, Saraswati Thakur cautioning us. He has a nice prayer. Tumi kishir bhashnav dushtamam. Very powerful prayer. What kind of Vaishnava are you, my dear mind, sitting in a solitary place, chanting, imitating advanced devotees, while you're really thinking about his prestige and other things? Don't do like this. He said, get up, do kirtan. The capacity to to remember smarnam will come from that. Uh, So his emphasis is more that practical. You can't do it. If you, if you can do it, fine. <laughs> There's no problem. Then do it. But if you can't do it, then, then don't pretend that you can. Make a mockery out of the whole thing. Do something else that will purify you. Go ahead and preach. That ought to capture your mind. Try to present these very esoteric teachings <laughs> to the modern world. That is, well, has, he thought, this has potential to capture your mind more than if I tell you, just go sit in the jungle now and chant all day long and remember Radha and Krishna's pastime. Yes, they're charming and everything, but hmm, see, if, see if, you, if you can do it but, and, and control the mind. This has, he thought, this has potential to capture you up. Try to find the ways and means, novel ways and means to explain this to people. I mean, it's not easy. <laughs> to, and you know, you all have some experience due to the influence of, of my Guru Maharaj. We all have some, had some thought where we, I guess I should be a preacher or something like that. Spread Krishna consciousness. That's a good thing. We all have some involvement in that. We all have some penchant for that, largely to his emphasis. We are indebted to him for that. And it's a good thing. And we, we find, no matter where we go, any group, we find ourselves involved in this, trying to propagate Krishna consciousness in some way or another. It's a nice thing, and it's it's consuming. It can consume the mind. And if we do it nicely, and the mind actually becomes consumed, and even in the context of that preaching, we find the desire to, to sit down. Sometimes I had to sit down at the airport. <laughs> I used to sell books, and I had to sit down. Just sit there and stop doing something. Hmm? So, 
And it was his, Bhakti Sarasvati Thakur's was a practical, he, he, he wanted his disciples to have integrity and so forth. And so they, they should guide themselves by, by this principle. He was very much uh, against hypocrisy in the name of uh, advanced devotion and so forth. And so, and he was very willing to criticize his own uh, tradition. So his own sect should be very willing to, to criticize it, it itself, critique itself also. Some of these ideas we're talking about, see how they get become distorted. And people think, just, uh, uh, I'll spread Krishna consciousness, even at the cost of my own Krishna consciousness. This is a real sacrifice. Hmm? <laughs> this is a foolishness, ignorance only, misconception. Brahma tattva, it's an artha, confusion about tattva. It doesn't work like that. Hmm? You can, you can give what you have. That's what you can give. We all should have something. We should try to give it. Then it will increase the stock. But giving, I never thought I'll preach Krishna. I thought I want Krishna consciousness. <laughs> I want that. I want to go to Krishna. This is what I want. If this has something to do with that, selling the book, then I'm for that. I remember one of my godbrothers, I told him, I said, you know, because he was very much uh, uh, always concerned about book selling, and I was involved in that too. And he was uh, in my group, and, but he was, in, in an inordinate way, I thought, absorbed in the book distribution, numbers of books. It was almost like, if you get out this many books, you're guaranteed to go to heaven, go to Goloka. Yeah, it is. We sell this many books. I told you know you're not. They're not selling books in Goloka. You should know that. This is for something else. We're doing this for something else. He became upset. What do you mean they're not selling books in Goloka? <laughs> <laughs> so, think about it. Think about it. Mm. They don't even discuss the books there. Mm. At least not the Upanishads and Gita. So <laughs> maybe. The real ramifications of them, they're living out. They're living in the books. So, things can get out of balance over time. What else? Any other question? Yes. You mentioned of the different interpretations of this Vaidhi and Raghunuga Bhakti issue. And as you probably know, I've had the pleasure of acquainting, uh, let's say, the questionable pleasure of acquainting myself with different views, and most of the time it seems that it's more or less just a, let's say, a hollow dilemma. There is really no dilemma there. I mean, this, m most of these things, I mean, they're very clear-cut in the Shastra and almost obvious, like you mentioned, that no one, if they do worship in the mood of Vaikuntha, they will not go to Braja, etc. Mm. And and on the other hand, these items of Vaidhi Bhakti, like Shravan Kirtan, etc., they are incorporated into essentially any form of sadhana. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've, I've seen people make, make a dilemma out of the issue and sometimes even in a harsh way critique Bhakti Janda Saraswati Thakur and Prabhupada, etc. But, but Criticize they, them. Huh? Criticize them, you're saying? Yes, criticize yeah. them over over mm -hmm. uh, a wrong interpretation. For example, say the interpret some somewhere, uh, I believe in nectar of devotion or somewhere. Prabhupada says that by following this 
Vaidhi Bhakti, which is essentially Adhyata Ruchi Raganuga Bhakti, that one will automatically uh, progress. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, obviously nothing will happen literally automatically. And, I mean, we know that Krishna Tat Bhakti Karina Loba Matroika Hetuka, that only the mercy of Krishna and his devotee is the, like, the real propelling factor of any kind of practice. So, and and all of, if you present this here, everyone will think, oh, I mean, that's obvious. And if I go and present somewhere else, they will also agree that it is obvious. But still people somehow manage to make big dilemmas out of yes. these issues. It's almost yes. inconceivable how... People like to... Uh, that is uh, the Rajagun, you know. We like to... By criticizing others, then we think our position is better. Hmm? Somehow or other. This is a symptom of Rajagun. We should be satisfied in our group. If we're not, go to another group, but then be satisfied there, <laughs> not wandering. Somewhere we have to find our rest. And if we do, then we'll speak like you have. I found my place. I'm satisfied. I'm getting something. And we can see others are getting something also. And they may approach it a little differently, but really, as you say, it's... it's uh, how can someone like Bhakti Sanat Sarasri Thakur, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, who are obviously um, uh, very um, advanced uh, devotees, I mean, Bhakti Sanat Sarasri Thakur's own preaching campaign arose after sitting for eight or nine years and doing Nam Bhajan. He didn't find like Guru Kripa Maharaj after a month, he was, his mind was wandering. And Thakur Bhakti Vinod his campaign was so uh, extraordinary, and in the last four years of his life, he just turned off the world entirely. Lived in 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 a, in a just, uh, was un, not accessible to anyone. So these are extraordinary results. So how can we? We have to think. This is whole of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is like this. I want to say we have to think. Hmm. The fruits are there, so. Let us look at the teaching from that angle, hmm? where we may think there's some difference or some problem. Maybe that's we have not understood it comprehensively. And I say whole of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is like this. Mahaprabhu is what he is, ecstasy itself. And Sanatana Goswami began to write about that. Perhaps the first book of our Sampradaya, Brihat Bhagavatamrita. We all accept this as an absolute pramana, but we will be the only ones that will accept that. Where does it come from? Well, he says it came, it's a certain commentary on the Mahabharata. You cannot find that anywhere. We don't really care. We think that the Goswamis, they went to the exercise of giving scriptural support to what Mahaprabhu was about, explaining his ecstasy as the, uh, the essence of the scriptures, they made a pretty good, valiant, uh, we think, a perfect effort. But not everyone will accept that. Some some sects, and uh, Ramanujas or Nimbarkis and so forth, Madhvas even, they won't accept this, our opinion of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, our Pramana shlokas that establish him as, as God and so forth. They'll interpret them in a different way. But our thinking is, see the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is what you want. What he had, what he exhibited, 
Is this not the goal? Such love of God overflowing in every direction? Therefore, the onus is upon us to fit the scripture around him somehow or other. Not that scripture doesn't seem to fit him, therefore we reject him, he cannot be what he appears to be. The very goal of, of the scripture, the embodiment of that. So, yes, we, we see uh, in the uh, Gaudi Vaishnav world so many uh, saints and different lineages and so forth. We have to look kind of see, look by the fruits and see, oh, this is a symptom of advanced devotee. He says, seems to say it differently than my guru, but maybe there's really no difference. This is your point, right? Appreciate that. What else? Any other comments? Actually, I have a question. Oh, okay. <laughs> you mentioned in the, uh, in the, somewhere early in your lecture about, about following intellect and following heart. And it appears that these two concepts can be, in, if we take intellect and heart in the sense of emotion, these two seem to exist in two different planes. There is, first of all, that is, <coughs> while we are here in the material world, we have our muti and manas, and, but then when bhakti becomes more advanced, we are influenced by the faculties of ladini and, and sambit, which are essentially also the, I mean, the potencies of... It becomes buddhi-yoga. Right. yogam tam. Dhyanamamupayam tite. Mm-hmm. So I am curious if you would, if you would mind elaborating more further on the, on the issue of how how these two, so to say, coexist, when when one becomes more advanced in devotion, whether this combination of Ladini and Samvit covers over the mind and the intelligence, or whether they blend together, or how do things go? I think uh, what does Rupa Goswami say? Next. Mm. I think that is a good answer. Hmm? You understand it? Yeah, that's is the mind becomes like 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 iron becomes like fire or something right. like that. So they essentially become merged merged together. So yeah, if you take iron and you put it in the fire, then you touch someone with it, they will say, I got burnt. Not that I thought you touched me with an iron rod. You touched me with fire. So mind, intelligence, mind becomes like this. Sudashatvavisheshatma, prema suyang susamyabhak. Bhava is the ray, kiran, uh, of the uh, sun of prema. And dawns in the heart, visheshatma, samvit and ladini shakti. This aspect, these elements uh, of the uh, Sura, I uh, say, Swarup Shakti, manifesting in the heart, Kore Ulai, is coming, Shabanadi, from hearing and chanting. It's awakening there, somehow. Hmm. It's coming. And the mind becomes uh, completely consumed by that, and it starts to function in terms of that rather than having a life of its own. So it's like fire, not iron anymore. Also, I can say, in material life, then, when ordinary intelligence is ruling over the heart, the question may be, 
whether or not to serve. When heart is ruling, the question is how to serve the best with that kind of intelligence. Yashodamayis, making a determination with spiritual buddhi. What is the best way to serve? She's holding Krishna, suckling her breast as he is, and the milk is boiling over on the stove. She has to make a determination. That milk was gathered with some labor out of 900,000 cows. And only a small group was selected and given organic grasses to graze on so that special milk would come. Because the dilemma was what? The problem was, it appears, although Yashoda would not admit it to the other ladies when they complained happily about Krishna's coming to their homes, stealing milk and butter. To their face she would not admit there was anything wrong with her son. Anyway, if he is coming, then why don't you keep it out of his reach? Oh, because he climbs up. Then why don't you put it in a dark place? Because he has these jewels that you put on him and they're effulgent. He can see in the dark. But anyway, she comes home and she thinks that we have a, perhaps we have a problem, she tells Nanda Baba. Our milk is not sweet enough. Krishna's going elsewhere. Of course, the fact is that if it's stolen, it tastes better. So, anyway, so special cows were taken from the herd, special grasses. That milk was boiling. Everyone was out of the house preparing for Indra Yagya. All the nurses, maids, servants of, of Jasoda. So the milk boil over or put Krishna down with her intelligence, heart full of love of Krishna. How to serve Krishna best in any given instance? She put him down. <laughs> Tadiya. That's better. Serve that. Of course, he complained, but many wonderful things came from that. So, anything else? All right. Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai. Shri Kshastakam Ki Jai. Shri Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami Mahashaya Ki Jai. Shri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai. Bhakti Rakshak Siddhadev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai. Bhakti Siddhant Sarasri Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai. Shri Bhakti Vinod Parivar Ki Jai. Shab Parivar Goranga Mahapu Ki Jai. Gaur Premanande. Jai. 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 Jai.